0: Hey everybody, what's going on? It is Russ, fantastic to see you guys here. Uh, we've got a really kick-ass show for you today. Today we are gonna be talking about how to break into a crowded niche. So there's a huge concern that we have a lot of people um, come to us about where it's like, Russ, I'm in uh, a niche that's so crowded and so saturated. Like maybe you're in dating or maybe you're in the relationship space or maybe you're in the fitness space or something where there's just tremendous, insane amounts of competition and you're terrified that you can't break into that niche maybe it's maybe that ship is sailed maybe you're too late maybe there's no market for your skills and your talents and for you know the 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 good that you have to do in the world well today we're going to talk about how the hell do you break into an overcrowded niche because to be perfectly honest there's not that many niches so if you're whatever niche you're going into unless you've thought of some business idea that like no one's ever thought of in the history of the world which probably is not most of you what you're gonna find is that you're going into a crowded niche. So how to break into that is gonna be a a huge, huge, huge topic. And the last thing that I would want, or anyone on the team would want, is for you to not follow your dream because you just sit there and go, oh, well, that niche is overcrowded, or oh, there's 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 a ton of people doing this, or whatever. So guys, real quick, I'm joined today by the amazing, wonderful, brilliant genius, Adrian Richardson, who is our director of lead gen here, at clients on a man, so she knows better than anybody exactly how crowded different markets are because she's the one that's responsible for our advertising and like bidding against all these other people that are in you know whatever crowded crowded market it, it might be. So let's just start at the beginning here. There's not that many niches that you could potentially be in. I mean, in fact, there's really only four big niches I would say, and every other separate thing is sort of just like a subdivision of these four things, and it's health. So that's any kind of health related offer, whether that's fitness or whether you're a physician or a doctor, an acupuncturist, chiropractor, anything that has anything to do with fitness, thats your that, those are your health offers, right? Then you've got your wealth offers. That's anything having to do with marketing, lead generation, sales, um, and even more than that, digital marketing, uh, building funnels, um, doing Facebook ads, doing Google ads, doing YouTube ads, anything about video marketing, Twitter marketing, Facebook marketing, I mean, all of that financial planning. All goes into that category of wealth, and then and then you've got the third one is relationships. So that's any dating offers, marriage offers, anything like that. That's the big relationship category, and uh, and also you know getting along with your kids, getting along with your family. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, any of that stuff. And then the fourth one I would say is personal development. So anything about overcoming anxiety or burnout, anything about creating more confidence, um, basically becoming a better, more powerful, more confident person can fit into that personal development category. Also spiritual development, which we've had quite a few clients do as well, where they're helping people get more centered, get closer to God, you know, discover their true purpose and that sort of thing. I would put all of that stuff under the category of personal development. So first and foremost, those are the four big niches, okay? Now within that, there's all kinds of different like subcategories and sub niches like I just mentioned, but I can pretty much damn well guarantee you that since there's only four, if you're in any kind of professional services business or if you're in any kind of coaching business or consulting business, there is going to be a hell of a lot of competition regardless of what niche that you're going to get into. Now the question for you is, is that a problem? right? Is that a deal breaker or is that actually a good thing? And the first sort of big idea that I'd like to drop on you today is that when you see competition, it's actually a good thing because that competition is like a big waving flag that says, hey, people are making money here. So if you want to go into a business and it's like no one's ever thought of it before and there's no one else doing it, that's actually a big red flag because most of the time, if there's money in something, somebody will have already thought of it. Now, look, if, you're, if you've got some new world-changing invention or something like that, where you're just creating a whole new category, that's fine. But for most of you guys, you're not in that position. Most of you guys are coaches, consultants, service providers of some kind. And whatever niche you're going into, it's going to be crowded.
1: Yeah, and I think what's really important to note, like I have a friend that every single time I talk about anything that has to do with business and no matter what industry, like the first thing out of her mouth is always like, but there's already so many people doing that like they just it's she always says no matter what I'm talking about whether it's a marketing problem or a business challenge we're trying to do or even just dealing with a client like it's always like but there's already so many people who do that and that's where people's mind goes right away is as soon as they start thinking about what they do they immediately start thinking about well there's all these other people who do it and it starts to create this doubt in their mind of like is there even space for me to do this like how am I going to stand out how am I going to differentiate myself? Why would people hire me to help them lose weight if they've got, you know, all these celebrity people that can help them lose weight? Like, why would they listen to little old me? And so I think this is a really, really common thing that people struggle with, no matter where they're at in their business. And no matter what struggle they have, sometimes they always start to question like, is it just too difficult to be successful in this market? Is it just too many people, there's too much noise and it's just gonna be too hard and too much work and time and money for them to gain any kind of ground. And so um, this topic I hope will help people just kind of put that worry to sleep for as many people as we can help with that uh, because there's definitely ways that you can stand out in a crowded market.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So straight up, it just, it is what it is. All mm-hmm. of the clients that we've helped be successful, I don't, I can't think of a single client that came to us and whatever their offer was, it was something that we had never seen before and there was no one else doing it. And, and, and so really the amount of competition in your space, it really, you just need to look at it as just proof that people are going in there and people are actually making yeah. money there. And that means that you can too. So once you kind of get yourself past that and you get yourself over that excuse of, oh man, so many other people are doing this, there's no way I can make it, right? Like once you just let that go, then the next question is, all right, cool. I'm going to dive into this market. How the hell do I stand out? And so the first, and there's, the, and, and there's quite a few ways that you can do that, but, but we're going to talk about probably the most powerful ones today. The first one is to build what you do around an outcome. So in other words, most of the people in most markets, whether it's relationship or spiritual development or whatever it is, the argument that they are making is to hire me because I'm special in some way, right? So hire me because I have 20 plaques on my walls. Or hire me because I have great branding. Or hire me, come to my yoga class because I was certified by such and such a guru. Or come to me, come to my martial arts class because I have a 10th degree black belt in whatever martial art and that's what it is. So they're basically saying, look at my credentials, Look at my branding. Maybe it's even look at my celebrity if there's somebody that's well-known. But 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 it's but, but the problem with that is it's all me, 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 isn't it? Mm-hmm. All that marketing is me-centered. And so what it becomes is just this sort of like toxic race to see who can be kind of the biggest big shot. And so that's what intimidates people because if you think you've got to play that game, then if you're terrified about going into a market and you don't have any of those credentials, you got a point. But the the, the good news that I have for you is that none of that shit matters. Because the truth is, the fastest way you can differentiate yourself is to stop talking about you and start talking about your client. What does the client want? What's the problem they're trying to solve? What's the outcome that they're trying to do? So the argument that you're making is not hiring me because I'm special in some way. The argument that you're making is, here's the problem that you have. Would you like to fix it? Great. And just framing all of your communication in that way is going to radically make you stand out from the crowd because no one else is doing it. So Hmm. you've got to understand that whatever niche or market you are in, you might have people in there that are the best fitness coaches on the planet or the best relationship coaches on the planet or the best health coaches on the planet. But you know what? Marketing is the great equalizer. So if you can roll up into your niche and you're fantastic at marketing and you understand what I just told you on a deep level, where you're not really talking about yourself at all, you're talking about their problems, their concerns, their fears, and you're putting that into all of your communication, immediately you are going to put yourself in the top two to three percent of people in that niche, even if you have no testimonials, no case studies, no experience, no degrees, nothing you can walk into that niche and immediately begin to dominate if you just do that. Does that make sense, guys?
1: Yeah, and we see this a lot in the coaching space where a lot of people use themselves as part of their marketing. And it's like, look at me, look at what I've done. Lots of pictures. We've all seen them in front of private planes or on luxurious (laughs) Lamborghini collection, all that stuff. Right. We see this a lot. And, you know, I had someone many years ago that I was working with. And one of the reasons that she was so successful and she would say this herself and and other people knew as well is because she was this. Beautiful, gorgeous woman. And when we used her in her ads and we used her in her marketing, people just wanted to be like her. Mm. And so they bought from her because they wanted to be like her. But the problem is, is that when you buy from somebody that and you want to be like them or look like them or whatever, you're never going to be them. And that, and, and you want to make sure that you're not selling that to, you're trying to do that too. When you try to use yourself or certain imagery or trying to project a certain lifestyle as your way of marketing, it's you're going to attract The wrong clients too, for different reasons, and and so what Russ is talking about in terms of focusing on the outcome is that number one, you're going to totally differentiate yourself from everybody else. That maybe you aren't a beautiful woman, (laughs) maybe you aren't a super strong, muscly man. You know, like maybe you don't have that going for you. And the good news is that you don't need any of that to be successful. And I feel like that's like one of these themes that's going on in the coaching and consulting space right now. It's like, oh, in order for me to be super successful, I have to be this beautiful woman or this beautiful man and have all this stuff to flat shop or I can't be successful and I can't get into the market. And like Russ said, marketing is the great equalizer because you could be a nobody that isn't fantastic to look at, isn't can't, you know, eye candy or any of those other things. And you can still be extremely, extremely successful if your marketing is dialed in and you know how to reach the people who need you and you can fix their problems.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So Grace in the comments is asking, well, okay, Russell, if that's true, then why do so many clients ask about testimonials and social proof and and case studies. And that's like a really, really great question. So I just want to address it really fast. There's nothing wrong with case studies. There's nothing wrong with testimonials. If you've got them, use them. But ultimately, what are people trying to get from those things? What they're trying to get from those things is certainty, right? They just want certainty that you can do the job. And there's so many other ways to create that certainty that go way beyond just testimonials and case studies. Because here's the truth. You never know. It's like, if you're asking me, well, Russ, do you have any Do you have any case studies of people who have gone through your program? I could be the worst coach on the planet. I could have had a hundred people go through my program. 99 of them could hate me. And one guy had a good experience. And which case study am I going to share with you? Like the one guy that, that had a good experience. Mm-hmm. right? And that's what you see people doing all the time. So really someone else's experience and someone, you know, j- just because someone else went through a program, just because someone else got great results, it's got nothing to do with you right? You're probably in a different right. market than that guy. You're in a different uh, position than that guy. You have a different psychology than that person. You're just a different human being. So just because Joe Blow went through someone's program and got an amazing result, does that mean you're going to? And so at the end of the day, it's like you can use case studies to create some certainty. And don't get me wrong, we use case studies in our marketing. But mm-hmm. let's just say I didn't have any because I was just starting out and I've been in that position before. There are so many other ways to create certainty. But the best way to create certainty, guys, and this is another big, big, big tip I want to give you. The best way to create certainty is empathy. Empathy. Now, what I mean by that is that when you understand someone's problem, when you can explain someone's problem better than they can, they automatically assume that you know the answer. Yeah. And this is critical. Like if I go up to you and you've got like, like I mean, and it doesn't even matter who the person is. So, so the, the the analogy I always use is, let's just say that you were experiencing like this really, really strange pain. And you didn't understand what it was. It started in your neck and it radiated down your arm to your wrist and gave you this really weird tingly sensation in your, in your wrist and then it shot right back up to your neck and then it went away. And let's just say that was happening like four or five times a day and you couldn't figure out what was causing it. It was the weirdest pain you've ever heard. And let's just say you're walking down the street one day And you're telling your friend about this. Oh, man, I got this weird pain in my neck and in my wrist. And let's just say you you happen to be walking past a homeless guy. And the homeless guy just jumps out. And he's like, oh, he overheard you. And he's like, oh, wait a minute, man. You're talking about a pain in your neck, right? And you're like, uh, yeah. And he's like, is it that weird pain that goes to your neck and then radiates down to your wrist and hangs out for a minute and then pops right back up to your neck? Immediately, you would be like, yes, how do I fix it? (laughs) <laughs> right? You're not going to ask that guy for case studies. You're going to ask that guy for testimonials. It's a freaking homeless guy on the street, but because he understands your problem, you just assume that he knows how to fix it. And so when you demonstrate that kind of empathy and power in your marketing, and when you're building your marketing, again, not talking about yourself, but you're talking about the problems and challenges that your customers have, they're automatically going to assume that if you have a deep understanding of that problem, they're going to automatically assume that you know the answer. And like, Adrian, you're a great example of this, because whenever we're at a live event or even when we're on these podcasts or, or whatever, when I hear you talk about Facebook, there is no question in anyone's mind that you know what you're talking about. It's just it's obvious. It comes out of every pore. And so no one ever asked me, well, you know, does Adrian have any case studies or does Adrian have this? Does Adrian? Have this? It's like, no, like just listen to her talk for five minutes and you're going to realize she's <laughs> one of the top Facebook experts in the world. So there's so many other ways besides testimonials and social proof to establish that you know what you're talking about. But again, the secret weapon of marketing and what makes marketing such a powerful thing is that if you can demonstrate that empathy and that real connection and understanding of your client's problem and, and, and the outcomes that they're trying to achieve, you're immediately going to put yourself in the top 2% no matter how crowded your niche is.
1: Yeah, make sure you really pay attention to that because a lot of people get hung up when they first get started and they're like, but I don't have testimonials. I don't have case studies. You know, what if people ask me for that? I don't have any proof, any of those types of things. And that comes up a lot, especially people who come through COD. And in in the way that you create certainty when Russ is talking about those kind of uh, objections and worries go away, you know, and even think about yourself and your own buying behaviors. The only time you've really spent time reading anybody's testimonials was because you weren't a hundred percent certain in the decision you were about to make. So I think that that's a really great distinction Uh, that you need to realize that when you're breaking into a crowded niche, it's not about how you have more testimonials than somebody else. And it's really funny what you said, Russ, like it's true. Like, it's just like a job, right? You apply for a job and they want referrals. Like you give them the best people, right? You don't like give them your ex-boyfriend that you cheated on or something. Or the guy who fired you and hates you. (laughs) Right. And testimonials are the same way. They're only going to be highlighting the testimonials from their best top students. And so you want to keep in mind that they're just showing you their best, right? right. And, and like Russ said, you're not those people. So even if it's true, not saying any, that even, even any of them aren't real, like they could be real for real people. They got real results. You're not those people. And, and, and so to think that you have to have these testimonials in order for people to buy from you and for you to break out into that space, all you have to do is create certainty yeah. and you can overcome that
0: yeah so okay so breaking into a crowded niche obviously the first most important thing is that you want to differentiate yourself by talking about not talking about yourself but talking about the client and their problems and their concerns okay the second way to differentiate yourself is to stop selling information and start selling transformation okay so this goes for all of you guys that are trading time for dollars in any way shape or form it's not about how people deliver something so in other words It's not about whether they're gonna come to you eight times and and meet in your office, all right? So I threw my back out a couple weeks ago and I went to go see the chiropractor and the chiropractor was like, blah, 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 you're gonna have to come in this many times and you're gonna have to go to the office and you're gonna get this many adjustments and you're gonna have to whatever. And I'm like, okay, just just crack my back for God's sake, right? (laughs) So so he did. Um, But at the end of the day, like, I don't care if I have to go in eight times. I don't care if it's an online group program. I don't care if it's an event. I don't care if it's one-on-one mentoring. I don't care what it is. All I care about is getting that result. And so, so many other people are trying to differentiate based on how they deliver their stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So again, the first group of people are trying to differentiate by just saying, I'm cool and and hire me because I'm cool. It's like, okay, great. Or hire me because I'm certified or hire me because whatever, right? The second group of people are trying to say, hire me because you get more time. Or hire me because you get more stuff. Or hire me because I've got this amazing DVD box set that I will send you in the mail for $29.99 or whatever. None of that stuff matters to the client. What matters to the client is getting the freaking result. So then what what, what that means for you is that whatever you're going to offer your clients needs to be transformative. It needs to be transformative, right? So if you're selling a $27 ebook, right? Deep down, people know that's not transformative, right? Or if you're selling an hour of your time, people believe probably that's not transformative. Or if you're even just charging by the hour, it's like, why are you doing that? Like instead, just say, hey, look, this is gonna be eight grand and and this is what we're gonna do. And this is this is the outcome that we're gonna get. And just by arranging your offers in that way, again, you're going to massively stand out from the competition because they're selling information or they're trading time for dollars when what their clients really want is just a massive transformation. Does that make sense, guys?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really good point in terms of the time, right? And what they get. Because think about this. If you went to, like Russ said, if you go to this doctor and they say, well, you're going to need to come in three times a week for the next 12 weeks in order to fix this problem. And it's X amount of dollars. And then you go see the other guy and he says, oh, I can fix this. You got to come see me once a week. I can fix this once a week for eight weeks. And it's the same amount of money. Like, you're not going to actually feel gypped. By the other guy, you're going to be so thankful that this guy can fix your problem faster. And yes. so the trap that a lot of people fall into is they think I have to give these people more and more and more because they will think that this is more valuable and it's better than the other people that are doing what I do. But the truth is, is nobody, our boss, precious commodity. The thing we have, the most precious thing is our time. Mm -hmm. And so anybody who can fix our problem in as little time as possible actually becomes more valuable to us. But for whatever reason, when we're selling stuff and we start marketing, we start thinking the opposite. Like, oh, people are really going to be upset if I only tell them we're going to meet once a week, or they're not going to think it's worth as much unless I meet with them 15 times. Like, We just like lose our minds when we start marketing and playing this comparison game and how do I make myself better? But in the end, everybody would be thrilled to fix their problem in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of whatever interaction they have to do. And that doesn't devalue it. If anything, it makes it more valuable. Like if I go to a doctor and he says he can fix my problem in six weeks and the other guy is 12 weeks, even if the guy in six weeks costs more money, I actually will still think it's worth that. Because my problem is fixed faster. So make sure you're not thinking that way. That just, I don't know what happens to us when we start marketing and become business owners. We stop thinking like the consumer and we start thinking about ourselves.
0: That's honestly, that's the best thing that you guys can do. And again, that connects back to what I said before about empathy. It's just constantly be putting yourself in your customer's shoes, not just before they buy, but after. So, like yeah. at COD, at Clients on Demand, we're constantly asking ourselves, like, how can we streamline this process? How can we get better results for our clients? How can we do it faster? What do they need? What do they want? How can, what's going to get the best outcome for our clients? And because we're so relentlessly asking that question, it's like we're constantly refining everything that we're doing, not just the marketing and the sales, but also like the delivery of the program itself, you know? So, so the, the cool thing about this, guys, is that not only is this going to help you stand out in a crowded niche, don't get me wrong. But if all of your communication is about the client and their dreams and their hopes and what they want and how you're going to get them there, just doing that creates so much goodwill and so much more connection than if you're just saying, hey, hire me because I look cool or hire me because my branding is cool or it's all me, 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 me. You know what yeah. I mean, guys? So yeah. Grace is asking a really great question. She says, how do you decide between two? How do people decide between two competitors? I can tell you, maybe it shouldn't be this way, but I, nine times out of ten, the competitor with better marketing wins. Yeah, and that's regardless. And this is the sad thing, and this is the dangerous thing about marketing. And this is why marketing is so powerful, but but dangerous in the wrong hands. Is that you can take? Let, let's just use chiropractors as an example, because I got chiropractors on the brain because <laughs> I hurt my back. Okay, <laughs> so you could take two chiropractors. Okay. And one of them could be a so-so chiropractor and a brilliant marketer. And the other one could be the best chiropractor on the planet and a terrible marketer. And the first guy will clean the other guy right out of business every single time. Yeah. So so that's not good because obviously in a perfect world, the best the best chiropractor would have the best marketing, right? And then everybody would win. But the God's honest truth is that most of the time we hire the person with the best marketing, period. Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually the purpose of marketing. And so right. and so the reason marketers and salespeople get a bad reputation is that they use good marketing and they put it together with a terrible product. Right. And they use they use good marketing to sort of overcome the product's shortcomings. What I want you guys to do is to be like the good marketers, the emotionally integrity, responsible uh, marketers where you're using event, you already have something that's great. And now you're using good marketing to get that into as many people's hands as possible. And that's yeah. what you thats what you should be doing.
1: Well, and that's one of the big reasons that we turn away 30% of people who apply to clients on demand because it's actually really important to us that we don't give this skill to someone who's going to do something bad with it. <laughs> and and, that's so, not and sometimes, by the way, guys, away. it's not
0: like everyone we don't make an offer to is, is we think is an evil no, person. There's no. a lot of reasons. I mean, maybe we can't yeah. help them or maybe they're not a fit or whatever. But Adrian's absolutely right. At COD, we take that really seriously where we, again, don't even make an offer to like 30% of the people that we speak to on the phone because we're so serious about only enrolling people that are a fit and using our marketing skills for good instead of to just like sucker people into something they don't need.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and not saying that if we turned you away, it's because you're evil or bad, but as we take this responsibility, like that is just what we're known for. We're just an incredible marketing company that teaches people how to be incredible marketers themselves. And so you really have to be careful who you put the the power of the marketing into whose hands, you know.
0: So really quick, Susan is asking, what if your offer takes more time to deliver? Because again, we were talking before, I guess, about, you know, trading time for dollars and stuff. And the cool thing, Susan, is that it doesn't matter. The way that you deliver your magic, all, the, again, just like I said before, all they want is that transformative result. Now, it's your obligation, I think, as a good coach or a good mentor or whatever it is that you are, to get them that result in the shortest amount of time possible. But if this is a big life changing result and it's going to take a little bit more time, then so what? Like, they, you know what I mean? Like, they don't care. So, Let's just say, for example, that you're a um, nutritionist or a, a fitness trainer of some kind, right? And let's just say Channing Tatum comes in and it's the off season and he's between movies. You know what I mean? Like he might he might have put on 15 pounds, 20 pounds, you know, in the, in the, in the b- between movies. But if you, you know, you know, you get to work on that guy in like four weeks, six weeks, he's going to be shredded and he's getting ready to make Magic Mike 3 or whatever his next movie is, right? <laughs> but if you get a guy coming to work with you, that's 400 pounds, You know, he knows and you know that, hey, I would love to be able to tell you, you know, take this pill and you'll be you'll be skinny in eight days. But we all know this is real life. and We know that's not going to happen. So the main thing, Susan, is just to be transparent about how long it's going to take. You know, here's the transfer. Here's the problem you've got. You're stuck there right now. Here's where we're trying to get to. And realistically, here's what it's going to take to get there. And just be transparent with people about that. And the more transparent you are, the more goodwill it creates with them because they're like, you know what, man, she's not BSing me. She's telling me the yeah. truth. You know, I'm trying to fix my marriage or I've, I've got 100 pounds to lose. I know that's not going to happen overnight. You know, it might take whatever it takes, six, seven months. Who knows? But as long as you're telling me and setting up that proper expectation, it's cool because at the end of the day, I don't care again how you deliver your magic. What I care about is getting the result. As long as you're going to give me something where I get from A to B, that's all I care about. And again, positioning your stuff that way is going to set you so far above your competitors that it doesn't even matter how crowded your niche is because you will stand out in a big, big way.
1: Yeah. And just to add on that, the point that I wanted to make sure that we get about that so that that wasn't confusing is I'm not saying that people aren't going to buy from you because your program takes longer. What I'm saying is sometimes we feel the need to give people more in order to differentiate ourselves from others. And so if you're like, I could get this person results in six months, but oh, with my price tag, like oh, with my like an $8, price, I'm gonna I gotta, make it 12 yeah. months because I wanna justify the price or I wanna stand out from everybody else. And so what I'm saying is don't feel like you need to pad what you do or extend what you do in order to make it the value or compete against your, in your niche. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and then now you're saying, hire me because, you know, you're not saying hire me because I'm cool. You're saying hire me because I'm gonna give you more stuff. And right. it's like, <laughs> No. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want more. I got enough My stuff. Problem. I don't want more stuff, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, and, then, and then that brings me to the next way to stand out, which is to command premium pricing. And guys, here's the thing. All of these ideas I'm giving you, they all build upon one another, right? So if you're connecting what you do to an outcome, awesome. If you're selling something that's transformative, awesome. And then that is what justifies commanding that premium price because of all of the sort of bad arguments for why people should hire you, Hire me because I'm the cheapest is probably the worst one. (laughs) If you want to attract like the worst people in your marketplace, be the cheapest solution. Okay. It's going to attract like the the kind of people people that, right, that aren't serious about getting the result. They're more serious about saving money than they are about doing the work. And it's just awful. I mean, it really is just the worst. And here's what's crazy is that you, you leave the door wide open for somebody to come along and just undercut you. Yeah. And then the next guy's gonna undercut him, and the next guy's gonna undercut him, and then it's just a race to the bottom. You know, back in the day, uh, a few years ago, there was this there was this forum about um, about marketing, and uh, I think it's still around. I don't even know. But but what would happen was people people on this forum would like launch products, and it would always be like a video course or an information course or coaching program or something like that. And it's like one guy, when I, was, when I was first checking it out and I first kind of got started in online marketing, it's like people would sell a program for like a decent price, you know, it's like whatever, like 90 bucks, like way less than what we tell our clients to charge, but fine, they're selling something for 90 bucks. Then I came back six months later, now everyone's selling stuff for 20 bucks. I come back six months later, now it's five bucks. Then I come back, it's free, you know, it's free or it's 50 cents. You, get, you can get my whole video course about how to build a seven-figure business for 50 cents. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it just gets ridiculous. I mean, hell, yeah. Adrian, we saw it the other day where like one, like a big name guru was offering a mastermind, a million, it was called the millionaire, millionaire mastermind, mastermind, a million dollar mastermind. He was offering it for seven bucks. It's like, okay, well, what are you going to do when someone comes along and offers their millionaire mastermind for six bucks? And then, <laughs> and then someone else comes along and offers it for five bucks. It's like- You
1: will always lose when you compete on yes. price. You will always lose.
0: It's like there might be a very, very small, very, very temporary advantage to being the very cheapest, but there's no advantage at all to being the second cheapest. And if you're the cheapest, I can promise you someone's going to swoop in and undercut you like tomorrow. So that's obviously not the way to go. So what should you do instead? Well, if you're offering something transformative, right? If you're solving a big problem, like I talked about before, your fitness coach who's helping people lose 100 pounds. Or your relationship coach that's helping people put their marriage back together. Those outcomes are priceless, you guys. They're absolutely priceless. So instead of trying to lowball it, go in there and charge a price that's in line with the value that you deliver. You understand? So now instead of charging like, you know, $97 or $47 or, or let me look at what this person's charging and I'm going to just charge a little bit less than them and maybe people will hire me because I'm, I'm cheaper. No, man. Be the most expensive solution in your market, but be the best. Right there, that makes you stand out. You know, the other day, on I was on the way home, and um, you know, I was on the way home from uh, the Cairo actually, and um, drove past an Aston Martin dealership. So I said, "Screw it, forget it. I'm just gonna go in there and check it out." So I went in there and check it out, right? And the guy rolls out this car. It's like one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen. It's the Aston Martin DBS Superleggera. It just came out it's like stunning. I think the guy texted me a picture of it. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to find it for you guys. So I can show you this real <laughs> quick. It's just, it's insane. It's just an insane car. So I was just like, I was just like, cool. And I just wandered on there and I, I had never seen this car before. I never looked at this car before. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's just like gorgeous, amazing, like beautiful car. Right. And I didn't know anything about it and, and I hadn't seen it before. And so it's like, but did I have? And the guy was like, "Yeah, it's I don't know, three hundred thousand dollars or whatever the hell the car costs. Smoking a hot car, right?" Um, I didn't have to ask him. Hey, man, is this a good car? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I didn't have to be like, "Yeah, man,
1: you think it's worth it?" Yeah, is this
0: you know, is this a good car? Is this worth it? Does this run okay? Does this you know, does it get good gas mileage? Like, I mean, I was just like, those things don't come up because. When you're looking at a car that's $300,000, you're like, okay, this car is awesome. The only question is A, can I afford it? And B, do I want it, right? Right. So that's what I'm asking you guys. Like, It's the same thing in your market or in your niche. So let's say that you're going into this relationship niche and you're brand new in the space and maybe you've had a couple clients and you've had good results. You're confident in your abilities, right? But you're just not confident in your marketing or in your ability to stand out. If you do the stuff that I've been talking about on this show, where you're saying, here's the outcome I provide and you're connecting with your clients, talking about what they want and what they don't want, what they're trying to get away from. You're you're making all your marketing about them and then you're offering something transformative and then you're offering a premium price. People immediately, guys, are just going to feel and sense and know that you know what the hell you're talking about. Do you understand that? And that premium price is actually going to reassure them. Where it's like, if I'm talking to Adrian about Facebook ads and Adrian's like, clearly demonstrated to me that she knows more about Facebook than I'll ever forget. And then I'm like, okay, well, how much is it to work with you? And she quotes me an expensive price. Subconsciously, I am going to assume that it's because she is the best. Mm -hmm. You understand that guys? And it's a powerful force and it's rooted in just like basic human psychology. And you can put that force to work for you to stand out in a crowded market if you do it the right way. You get what I'm saying, everybody?
1: Yeah, it's so funny because uh, I can just think of times myself when someone has told me a price for something and it's much lower than I expected. I'm always like, oh, it must not be that good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, like it's a letdown. I'm like, oh, really? It makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it must not really be that good if the price is that low. And uh, automatically, like you said, now it it creates uncertainty for me as the buyer. Cause I'm like, well, why is it so cheap? You know, that's weird. <laughs> if it does what it says it does, if it can create, fix all these things, then like, why is it so cheap? Um, and it, like I said earlier, like you've got to, you got to make sure you're thinking that way, you know, think, put yourself in the shoes of your consumers and and how are they thinking? And not just the, all the consumers, like the ones you want to work with, right? Yeah, like your ideal people for your ideal client, how are they thinking about it? How are they reacting to these things? So keep that in mind.
0: I did. Uh, I did test drive that Aston Martin. By the way, just for oh, fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> did
1: you Like it better than your Bentley? <laughs> well, it
0: <laughs> now it's like now it's a completely different show. Now it's top tier. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, it wasn't as comfortable as my Bentley. Let me put it that way. Um, like my Bentley's super fast and just easy to easy to drive, and it's just, like you're super comfortable the whole way. The Aston was like, a, I mean, it's a straight up race car, dude. Like, yeah. and you get in there and it's like, and it does the like, <laughs> yeah. it even does the like, the like gurgly thing where it's like, like, you know what I mean? Like the engine yes, is just yes. like, you know? And it yeah. and it literally does zero to 60 in 3.3 seconds.
1: Holy crap.
0: So you pop that gas pedal down and your face just like melts off. I mean, it's just like, <laughs>
1: you're like
0: it just <laughs> shoves you back in your seat and you're just like, oh man. And I'm sitting here going like, this thing is a lot of fun to drive, but I don't, anyway, I don't know. I don't know if I liked it better than my Bentley, but damn, was it fun to drive? It's just a <laughs> mean car. Drives, like it drives the way it looks. It looks like a yeah. mean car and it's it's a mean drive. But anyway, the point is because it's a premium priced car, you don't have to ask if it's a good car. And I want you guys to take advantage of that same psychology in your marketing you know and again guys all this assumes that you're good at what you do if you're if if you're no good at what you do then think about doing something else or get good at what you do but if you're good at what you do and your marketing just isn't working then you got to put these ideas to work for you guys because if you're trying to market yourself the way everyone else does you're just going to get buried and no one's ever going to find you you know it's like there's people out there right now today that need your help and if your marketing's not dialed in they don't know where to go to find you they can't find you and it's tragic because there's so many people out there that you could be helping. So many people out there whose lives you could be changing if only your marketing was dialed in so that they could find you when they needed you. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Now all these people are asking questions about the Aston Martin. <laughs> does,
1: <laughs> it a, does
0: it have room for a child seat, is it? blah blah blah. blah?
1: <laughs> what I find very interesting is that he didn't he brought out to you the best car. Like he brought Oh yeah. Out- the top one. It wasn't like he started out low no. or like asked you what your budget was. Like he was just like, here, let me show you our I number said, one. He was like, he was
0: like, he was like, what? You know, the guy came over. He's like, oh, what are you looking for? What's your budget? I was like, show me the best car you have.
1: Yeah. And he
0: was like, okay, hold up. <laughs> you know. And That's it's awesome. just like, cool. I was like, cool. I want to let's let's go for a spin. And he was like, done. I was like, sweet. I was like, and I was like, I could just be any idiot. I mean, I could be some psycho or something. I was like, all right, <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then he and then he texts me and he's like, dude, if you want to do an overnight. And overnight with the um, Aston, let me know. I'm like, Well, you can like bring it to my house, like like a sleepover? And that's yeah, that's what they let you do. They let you keep the car for a day just so you can try it out. It was just crazy. I was like, this is a whole other thing. Anyway. <laughs> okay, Leo is asking a really great question and he's asked it twice, so I don't want him to think I'm ignoring it. He said, uh, can you talk about the idea about creating a blue ocean versus drowning in a red ocean? All right. So if you don't know what Leo is talking about, there's this book that came out a while ago. I think it's called Blue Ocean, Red Ocean, right? But basically the idea or something. something like that or the Blue Ocean Strategy or something like that. But basically the general idea, guys, and this is a really important concept, is that is that you don't want to get into a red ocean. Okay? So for example, somebody comes out with a new product category, okay? And that's a blue ocean. It's wide open. No one's ever done it before. But the more time people spend in that area, it's like it starts that they start to eat each other and the sharks come out and it basically turns from a blue ocean into a red ocean because there's so much blood and competition. And so the whole book was about, well, how can you find another how can you find a blue ocean, right? How can you find an, an ocean that's untapped? But basically, guys, the strategies that I'm giving you right now today on this call What I'm doing is I'm allowing you to go into a red ocean and immediately be the big, badass, great white shark that's just crushing it. I mean, my God, we're in the coaching and consulting space, right? Like we're in the digital marketing space. It is the most crowded space. It's got to be, except for maybe fitness. And we're crushing it, even though nobody knows who we are, because we've got the marketing piece dialed in. And because these ideas that I'm sharing with you are woven throughout everything we do, every ad, every webinar, every every phone call. I mean, everything we do, it's infused with these basic principles that I'm sharing with you guys today. And so it's like, it doesn't matter if it's a red ocean, it really doesn't. You swoop in there and you go in there and you crush it the way we're talking about, you're gonna just stand out head and shoulders over your competitors. Because you gotta understand, guys, marketing is the great equalizer. And even if it's a red ocean, most of your competitors know nothing about marketing or they know, or even worse, they know the wrong things. Yeah, <laughs> You understand? And that's, I mean, and that's ultimately, that's what Clients on Demand is about. We created this because we want to show you guys how to market yourself properly so that it doesn't matter how crowded your niche is. We want, we want you to put together a high ticket offer that's transformational, that you can charge like $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 for and enroll clients into it consistently. And that's the name of the game, man. That's what we do all day, every day is help people put together that kind of process. So if you want our help to do that, then I want to invite you to go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book a call to speak to us. Because the truth is, maybe these ideas will work in your business and maybe they won't. I mean, probably they will, but I can't say for sure if they will or not until we talk to you because every business is different. You're different. Maybe your goals for your business and my goals for my business are like totally different. And so maybe this isn't a fit for you. But what we need to do is get on the phone for about 45 minutes and let's just put our heads together and figure out what's the ideal strategy that you should be using to attract the perfect clients into your business every day. And we'd love to talk to you about that and we would love to do it completely complimentary, completely for free. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call and we'll just book an appointment. That's going to take you to our calendar page. You're going to see all the available appointment times. Book an appointment. We'll call you at the time that you chose and it will be the best 45 minutes you have ever spent working on your business. Grace is asking us, can you give us your insight on what you mean by good marketing wins? Is it about having the best message, audience fit, captivating copy, or the bells and whistles people want to see? So Grace, I would say it's about having the best message, the best audience fit, the captivating copy, and the bells and whistles are totally freaking irrelevant. I mean, that's really what we're trying to say on this call is that is that all these people are trying to differentiate by the plaques on their wall, or they're trying to differentiate by the car they drive, or they're trying to differentiate because they give you more stuff, or because they're- Five genius. bonuses. They give yeah. you 50 bonuses, whatever. The right way to differentiate is to demonstrate that you understand your client's problems backwards and forwards. And so really, you're not talking about yourself very much at all. I mean, Adrian, how often do clients on demand clients who are who are like working with us today, who have spent the money, who have joined the program, be like, God, you know, I really love to know more about Russ's story. Like, I hear that in our Facebook groups all the time because yeah. they're like, we they they, they straight up don't know no my idea. story. Yeah. yeah, not because I don't want to talk about it, but because who yeah. cares?
1: Yeah. Right? People like, in Millionaire Alliance who spend a year with us. Yeah. If they find like, me I, your story. They're like, oh my goodness, it, you know, I didn't even know that. <laughs> right. Whereas you
0: look at our competitors and their freaking story is all they talk about. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't I don't care what your history is. All I care about is how can you help me? You know, and so and so that's why we just don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Deborah is asking, uh, paying the upfront fee keeps me from having capacity. And it's very frustrating. So, Deborah, this is all problems that we can help you solve inside clients on demand. So she mentioned earlier that um, she's charging about $250 an hour. So, Deborah, book a call to talk to us and, and we'll talk about how we can get you out of that time for dollars trap. So like instead of charging $250 an hour for every client who comes in the door, you're selling them a package or you're selling them a workshop. You're selling them something. It will help you design one, figure out what that is. But it's something that you can charge $3,000, $5,000, $10,000 for and we'll show you how to be enrolling people into that. And that's going to give you so much more leverage and the ability to scale your business way beyond what you could do if you're still trading time for dollars. Yeah. Okay? Philip is asking, he teaches an English exam called the IELTS exam. And it's, I guess it's a, it's an English exam, but there's no certainty that the student will pass because of hard questions, hard examiner, blah, blah, blah. So how can you charge a large upfront on that basis? Well, Philip, you have to design something that's going to give them the maximum possible chance to succeed. So like, let's just say for example, guys, that I wanted to be a boxing champion. Okay. Now I know that I'm going to go in that ring and I'm going to get. I'm gonna have to mix it up, and I might get knocked out. And I know that on that fight day, it's not my coach, it's not my manager who's going to be in the ring. I'm going to be in the ring getting punched in the face. Just like these clients, they're going to be the ones taking the freaking test. But the question is, do they want to be as prepared as they could possibly be when that moment comes? It's just yeah. as insane as if I was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world, but I didn't have a boxing trainer. It's like that literally has never happened and it would never happen. (laughs) It's insane to even talk about. So why would these guys want to put themselves in this situation where their future depends on passing this test without backup?
1: Yeah. I mean, my husband in New Jersey, he wanted to become a licensed electrical contractor and the test has a 75% fail rate. And so he paid a high ticket price to take a course that gave him a better chance at passing. There wasn't a guarantee that he would pass because in the end, he's still the one that has to take the test, but it was giving him the best possible chance to do well and not be the part of the 75% of people who fail. And, you know, he just happened to get like a 96 on the test, but (laughs) got to brag about him. No, It's
0: okay. You brag about about your husband.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's the point is like this. There was this test that he didn't have to take that class to prepare it. He could have taken the test on his own without taking that class. But it was worth it for him to invest the time and money to take that class to give him the best chance possible at passing it. Because if he doesn't pass it, he can't start his own electrical contracting business. So there's a really high stake there that. If you don't pass it, you're done. And you can only take the test so many times, too. Well, so. that's a great
0: question. So, Philip, <laughs> the fact that the test is hard, does that mean they they need you more or they right. need you less? Right. If the right. test was a breeze and you could guarantee that everybody could pass it, then what the hell do I need you for? Right. Test is a snap. I don't need you. But because the test is hard, it's like I better have you in my corner helping me out. All right, superstars. So look, go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk, guys. If you're listening to the show and this is resonating with you and you realize like, hey, you're undercharging, you're in this crowded niche, you've been trying to differentiate, but you don't know how, please just book that call, guys. Every case study that you see us talk about, every client success story, all these happy clients that you see in Clients on Demand Momentum and on our website and all these other things, it all started with them booking this call. So go to clientsondemand.com Forward slash call. If we can't help you, I promise we will tell you. But if we can help you, then boy, that call could change the rest of your life. And I'm not exaggerating. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. We would love to speak to you. And if you're listening to the podcast and you want to check this out on Facebook, so you can come in and ask questions as we do this, then look for us on Facebook. Go to Facebook and search for Clients on Demand or search for The Art of High Ticket Selling. And again, guys, make sure that you have your live video notifications turned on in Facebook so that you get notified when we go online so that you don't miss your chance to ask some questions. All right, guys. Thank you so much for the great questions today. Adrian, thank you as always for your expertise and your perspective. Guys, go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call, and we will catch you on the next show. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. Now, we've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way.